0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast and happy April Fool's Day question. I mean, it's not, this is not coming out on April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day already happened to you, if you're listening to this. So, I hope you made it. I don't like April Fool's Day. I'm a legal 86, nerd bomber tactic. Do you guys like April Fool's Day? What's your stance on April Fool's Day?
1: I guess it depends because... If it's just like people doing like shitty one-liner jokes, and then you go April Fools, oh. <laughs> it's just kind of annoying. But from what we've seen in like the gaming community, there were like some actual fun ones where they actually gave like players content and like fun like promotional things that that actually made it quite an enjoyable of a day.
0: No, bummer, I want your opinion first, but then I'm gonna tell you everyone why that's not enjoyable.
2: So I I'm like on the fence. I don't really care one way or another about it. Like Tactics said, there's some like brands who do stuff, and I find that funny. Like oh my gosh, oh, now I'm forgetting his name. Who
1: Nintendo. is Nintendo?
2: No, who is the guy who plays Drax?
1: Dave, Dave Batista.
2: Yes, Dave Batista posted like his netflix sponsored stand-up show coming out or he's just like very unfunny i'm like that that was kind of funny but i also don't enjoy getting fooled and pranked all day so for example my mom texted me first thing in the morning on april fool's day and like I was still kind of half asleep and she's like, "Oh, I got your dad to sign up for FanDuel and we won $500 last night. I'm really excited." And I was See, like, that's, "Oh, that's wow." Just mean.
0: That's that's so mean. And then mean. she
2: was like, "April Fools." And I was just like, "What? I'm still asleep." Why
0: if <laughs> she woke this is up the and the first time hearing
1: of this story and amazing.
2: That's
0: crazy. <laughs> that's that is so cr- Miss, Mrs. Nurbomber went went hard. I mean, morning pre- like My problem with April Fool's, if you can't already tell, if you haven't already guessed this about me, is that I'm a very gullible person, okay? I want to believe people. I want to believe in people, and I want to believe people. So, I like, for me, the payoff of any April Fool's joke is so minimized, because at first, I believe it, and I'm like, why are you doing this thing that's counter to everything that society expects of you, and also what you expect of yourself? And then when you find out, finally, that it's April Fool's, you're like, oh, okay, so it's it's like, it's not even, it, there's no point at which it's funny to me. Even after I realize it's a joke, I'm like, what a waste of, of my time. Is that like, I don't know, I just, I don't want to be a curmudgeon like two minutes into the episode, but I think April Fool's, man, it's not it being funny for me in like high school.
1: Oh, I, I woke up and literally told her, interesting enough, I told Nerd Bomber to text her mother some April Fool's joke and she was like, no, nah, that's dumb. So
0: you should have did it
2: well it was also a really dumb april fool's joke and i don't want to get into it but it was just a really dumb april fool's joke so
0: (laughs) it was so good i think like i think the funnier thing is like i don't know if you've heard this i don't think it's an urban legend i think it's like a confirmed fact that at one point some april fool's day like 20 years ago or something google emailed all the employees and was like a python is loose in our headquarters and everyone was like sick april fool's joke google and then it actually turned out that it was true when there was actually a Python loose in their headquarters. That's funny. That the, like the like double reverse. That's a good April Fool's joke. That's not a joke. It's just Did a you know that, that
1: April Fool's actually originated in Saturday morning cartoons on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It started as a joke that April, the, the female protagonist, was playing on the turtles and it just kind of manifested itself into its own holiday.
2: I feel like that's not true, but okay.
0: That's an April, I think he's doing an April Fool's joke right now. I'm doing is a it? thing, guys. But it's not April Fool's
2: up. anymore. You can't do <laughs> a post April Fool's joke.
0: He's one of those, the whole month is April Fool's.
2: Every joke.
1: day <sighs> is April Fool's when you're working with fools in April.
2: But, um...
0: Tss- that uh, Yeah, okay, that was pretty good. Uh, We're not talking about April Fool's today. Well, we just did, but we're going to talk about other stuff, too. We're going to be talking about E3, the big news that came down about E3 in the past week. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies of, I think it was the 2010s, it might have been the late 2000s. It's getting a re, not a reboot, but a different kind of treatment on Netflix. And then we're also going to be talking about a superhero that I know nothing about. Maybe that's not much of a teaser, but as you may guess or expect, I think Technic knows something. So he's going to tell us about it. So we're going to get to all three of those things, but it's that time again, where I give you advice (laughs) and again, haven't heard anything negative yet about this. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And have I you had heard enjoyed, anything positive? W- haven't heard anything positive, but thank And thank you for asking, by the way. But I'm going to I'm going to say no news is good news here. And I'm going to stay away from sweat. I've th- Whenever I go on my Twitter now, I just see a lot of sweat jokes. A lot of people are talking about how I sweat. So maybe that's a negative aspect of me starting this segment. But as long as I don't talk about sweat and any of the f- future advice, I think I'll be OK. And I want to note before I give my advice this week that I now have a note like a note on my phone and the title of it is just advice and i'm just stacking things up in it like there's i'm realizing that i've wanted to be giving advice in this sort of context for years and i've just never had the courage bonus so,
1: secret segment idea we uh have you drink a shot of hot sauce and it's just illegal sweats yeah
0: and then like at the end i apply antiperspirant so it's fine actually i guess at the beginning i would and then we see how good it how well it works that is a good idea Put that in our Good Ideas folder. But put this in your Good Ideas folder for this week, world. So this, as I think I mentioned last week, I'm not going to be on the episode next week. I'm going to be abroad as I'm going to be traveling. I'm not going to be a lady. You know how, you know, like it's in the 20s, they would call ladies broads. I'm not going to be abroad in that sense. I'm going to be traveling somewhere. My advice for this week is very simple. And it is to overpack. Overpack. Pack two bags. If you were going to pack one bag, consider packing two. Especially if you're like, if you're flying, See, you can pack like a carry-on, a personal... What it very I, I want to hear
1: is it's like, hey, overpack with these essential items, i.e. Q-tips. Q-tips are an underrated item that that are never at hotels and that you always find yourself needing one for a situation.
0: Whose advice is... Uh, whose advice, is Colin, is this? Is this mine or yours? Wow. That's what I... <laughs> no it's actually really good advice i don't now we're off track but i don't remember the last time i used a q-tip do you just have dirty
2: ears out here what do you do
0: they are naturally fine most of the time and when they're not are you sure it means are you sure they are yeah i'm not a Q-tip. look next time i see you in person
2: i'm gonna inspect your ears You're gonna be (laughs) be like (laughs) do you have grody ears we have
0: the equipment you're gonna be turning me sideways and and shaking me and seeing what falls out (laughs) no i mean i'm like in the shower things happen ear wise for me oh he power oh you it that get way.
2: water in your ear bro well,
0: i don't like i don't like put it directly into the jets but like i i get it done i'm not worried about the cleanliness of my it's ears just over here power washing his brain q-tips scare me okay well you they, don't put them
2: in like some people you do? do well no i you, you, you do it around the you rim do. you do it around the rim i know that sounds dirty you clean around the rim yeah
1: no you more. don't just go plunge it in you gotta <laughs> gently massage around circles a little small
0: circle whether you pack q-tips or something else i implore you to overpack and also and here's and here's a new one people may not have heard i'm already packed my bags are actually sitting right next to me as i record this i'm not leaving it for like five more days pack early because it reduces the chance of you forgetting something make a list. Pack a week do laundry like a week before you're leaving and if your laundry can sustain that sort of gap in time pack as soon as you do your laundry so that then you'll remember things throughout the week
2: i think my favorite thing story is we were going to a wedding and we drove down and we had actually packed in advance like we had packed in the beginning of the week planned to leave on friday we get down there and i am like trying to get dressed and keep in mind in a road trip it was like cold so i you know wasn't wearing everything that i needed to be wearing i just kind of had a hoodie and sweatpants on and we get there and i'm just like i do not have undergarments to go Yep. With this dress. Which means she
1: couldn't leave the house.
2: uh, Yeah. So I had to send Tactic out on a run to Tarjay to pick me up a cheap replacement because I did not have it with me. I learned
1: a thing or two about how bra sizes work that
2: day.
0: (laughs) Shout out to Tarjay, not a sponsor. Yeah, it's, and like undergarments is the extreme case, I would say. But like, I don't know how many times I've gone on a trip, in spite of all the talk I've just had about like how I overpack and I pack early. I went on a trip last year where I forgot a comb, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But it like, it shaped the entire trip for me when I realized I had forgotten it. See, because... at that point,
2: like, you just, you got to hope that there's a store nearby and you just pick one up.
0: But I was like, t- I was like busy doing that. I couldn't, I couldn't like go. It was a short trip. So I couldn't like, I didn't have time to like go and get a comb. You can't so just had, run like, your fingers hair. through your hair. That's what I did. But it doesn't, it's not exactly a f- I like my hair b- to be combed. I think this is a personal Perfectly
2: quaffed.
1: Okay. Between like you not watching like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a number of other things you, you were a dork. You were a little dork as a kid. I'm convinced of it.
0: This is like current day that I'm a dork. This happened to me last year. I yeah, need to have I, my hair combed. I know. But it it was a deep seated thing that yeah, it was it started in childhood. So I'll, I'll I'll take that shot. Overpack, pack early. Don't forget undergarments or combs. Or q tips if that's your if that's your prerogative. I uh I I don't know, I'm just not a Q tip guy not a sponsor q-tips definitely not a sponsor of the podcast but yeah it's not not the sexiest advice this week but again there's more in the hopper that's coming up also clear
1: clothing tape is another clutch item to pack in your in your thing for both men and women apparel what does that even mean it's like clothing tape yeah it'll like help fix your tie if it's like taking the wind too much or like with like a bra and a and like an overdress thing it'll make sure that they stay together and don't slide down fashion
2: tape
0: Fashion tape.
2: Everyone should have a little thing of fashion tape.
0: You've lost me at clothing tape because I've heard it called fashion tape. I think I've... What else have I heard it called? I've never heard it called clothing tape. That's what threw me. But yeah, just keeping keeping stuff attached to other stuff that needs to be.
2: Well, I think the... So the clutch thing that we started doing. So obviously, you know, my Target emergency undergarment, after that was washed, it has a permanent home now in our suitcase, as does a little container of fashion tape, a little bag of Q-tips, like all of the stuff that we typically take, we have now a spare. So things that are like very critical that we could forget are already in the suitcase no matter when we go somewhere.
0: You guys are huge Q tip people, huh? I mean I'd say even we're average sized Q tips.
2: In terms of even like makeup, sometimes you need Q tips to help That's touch fair. stuff up. So
0: Well, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm you know what? I'll commit to giving Q tips a fair shake. Maybe I haven't been maybe I've been too unkind to Q tips. We just let me just say that. That'll be my homework for the week. Uh, I just use Q tips to see what happens. It's not bad. I'm gonna try tipping. So we'll I'll get back to the <laughs> listeners on that i'm sure they'll be waiting with bated breath but in the meantime let's talk about i, I feel like the headliner announcement this week is that e3 was canceled so there's a lot uh, well there's not a lot to this uh, other than that it was canceled but it's worth noting that i don't believe there's been an e3 since 2020 was 2020's canceled yeah it was canceled yeah, in 2020, 2020 was D- canceled digital in 2021 e3 2022 was canceled and now 2023 is canceled and th- this seems to be I mean, is it is fair to call this now. indefinite yeah yeah and i i just think we should try and try and autopsy this to whatever extent we can e3 not that i don't think any of us have ever had the the fortune to go but it was like the, to me it was the dream like not being being not just a gamer but like someone who did this podcast and like was kind of in on that culture it was such an exciting week and it was so and even even watching it from afar it was super exciting so as a thing dying like it's a huge loss I think for for us and for any any gamer or, you know, it, I think it even goes beyond gaming. It's just a huge thing. So why couldn't it survive? I mean, I feel like the predominant theory has to be that companies like Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony are now doing their own big showcases and they're not playing nicely. Is that a fair
2: I feel like that's assessment? definitely it. And I think part of it was, you know, this new era ushered in by COVID of all virtual everything. For those handful of years, all of the major developers, whether it was, a you know, the console, bigwigs like your PlayStation and Microsoft, Nintendos, or even your smaller studios like Ubisoft and EA, they all got used to, you know, having their own digital production that they just blasted out onto YouTube and it got just as much attention. So... Pain to go to E3, pain to have a panel and a big production in person. And especially, like, think about Ubisoft and how they often had like big performers and they're just a lot of setup. You know, they had orchestras and all that kind of jazz. They're going to save a lot of money doing it and continuing to do the digital option that they have been over the last few years. But I do think it's a big loss because. This might be overstating it, but to me it felt kind of like video games Super Bowl in a way. It was that one major event that everybody who was even remotely invested in video games kind of looked forward to because it was like the one singular, you know, week or weekend where you got all of the news all in one place. All of the big, you know, hype generators for the next year or two were introduced at this one event. And now it kind yeah. of feels like we lost that. Like thing, we'll still it get the news, like- but like it's going to trickle out in weird ways. And I don't know. I don't know if I like it.
0: I think I think Super Bowl is a very good comparison because it what it felt like to me was a premier point of access, right? Like it it was it for me, even as invested as I was, or as I still am in video games as an industry, like you could be a, a fan of gaming and essentially put your ear to the ground for one week or weekend out of the year and have a very strong sense of what's going on. Right. By Nintendo and Microsoft and Sony kind of splitting off into their own things. And and by the way, like, didn't the state of play, to use that as as an example, wasn't that previously like part of E3? Wasn't that just like a day that they had that it was this is the state of play day or like a conference hall eight? But I think
1: that was the justification to break it apart. You had like three. Sprints and it all kind of like melded together, and people didn't get their some which was some, good. I think that, I think that was good, right? But but let me let me tell you something. One thing that I will say that I saw more of of them kind of spreading apart is. Each of those individual showcases now had more time to designate to the indie developers. So now these smaller studios got more time in the limelight, which I think is a positive.
2: Okay, hear me out, though. And again, it is good that indie developers are getting more of a spotlight, but how many of the Nintendo Directs did you watch? And a lot of them were games that you've already seen a ton of because they already came out. They're just new to the Switch. Like, I can't tell you how many trailers that I've seen now for like the same indie game spread out over three or four different publishers or like console directs. Like I've seen, I can't pinpoint one specifically, but like, I feel like I've seen the same game be presented at PlayStation State of Play and then at, you know, the Xbox. I can't remember what they call their presentation. And then like the Nintendo Direct. I feel like I've seen the same game pop up multiple times and it's not really even like new footage or information. It's just like, oh, hey, we're over here now. And that's not a bad thing in terms of getting indie developers exposure, but it did feel like you kind of distilled away from some of the filler content that we, I feel like we get now when we have like these hour long directs and some of it's just filler. With E3, you had yeah. to give it your best and your biggest punches.
0: I also think that it's worth noting that sites like IGN and GameSpot and then like sites that cover games, like I think IGN in, like, in particular, they would cover E3 to an ex- to the extent and and with the idea of making the content more accessible to me by basically saying, oh, during this event, they revealed this trailer for this, here it is. And now I'm having to sift through, you know, entire hour-long showcases from Nintendo, like you said, repeating a lot of content and, and putting filler in that. I just don't know that I watched as much of that when I was, you know, had my ear to the ground during E3. And I feel like the, more, the most troubling aspect of this is that, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe this is just how I feel about it. But it feels like it's going to cause this diaspora of like, pe- people are going to pick one of Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft. A lot of people are just going to say, okay, I have, a, I have a PS5. I'm not going to see what else is going on. I'm going to watch the state of play once a year or however many times they do it a year. And that's going to be that. Yeah, and it's I'm not obvious that what, it's what,
1: what, intentional for the business, right? It, it, it ensures they've that, locked though. it down. Oh, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I don't want to just poo-poo on it. I want to make sure that we take this from an angle of, hey, there's, there's pros and cons to this.
2: I think from a developer standpoint and a publisher standpoint, sure. But from a consumer standpoint... I tend to agree with illegal here
0: as a I mean think about it as a developer you especially as an indie developer if you're working towards if if you're trying to shoot at one target which is e3 you're going to put out your most polished thing it's going to be console agnostic you're just going to say hey this game's coming out on these consoles here's a trailer for it and you're and you're done yeah but you're
1: lucky if you even you they even give you the time for it because it's during e3 and they're sharing floor space
0: i i don't know you you may be right i just i would think it would be harder as a developer think about it as a developer then if you want to put your best foot forward you have to figure out first you know let's say you're coming out with a game for all three consoles on all three ones if you where do you put your showcase it's probably like a very no i don't think that's i don't think that's the right answer and even if it is the right answer there's also still the important question of where do you put it first
1: whichever one's first
0: (laughs) i don't know i think there's more to it than that I think there's probably more think- more thinking through that they have to do that they didn't have to do when they had something like E3, which is just gamers come together, unite. See,
1: even if they don't have a polished game by the time it, it's ready, there's a lot of clever things that these developers can do. How many, how many trailers for games do we see where it just says, this is not gameplay footage, and then you're just taken away by some cinematic role? Or inversely, you do see gameplay footage and it says, this is not the final product or this is played on a PC with super optimized settings. You always have that catch in the bottom of the screen so that they can just make sure that they do whatever they feel is going to sell the game the best.
0: I just think it's easier to do that in the context of E3 than in some other showcase. But, but you know, we, we can agree to disagree on this. I don't, you know, I, I think it's probably great for these individual companies, Microsoft, Sony, and and nintendo because they get more control over their events and what their players are seeing but i think it just like i think it's an echo of everything else we're hearing about how this competition is becoming fiercer it's becoming stiffer between the between these big three and i guess really between sony and microsoft i think nintendo is kind of just doing their own thing and they always have but i just
2: well i think the sony and microsoft battle has gotten super contentious over call of duty and that whole activision acquisition now too
0: and you know uh, I know console exclusive have existed for for forever now but like it just feels like that's so much more of a bargaining chip now and again this just feels this feels like an echo of that it feels like a disunification if that's even a word that i and don't And it is care crazy
2: for. because like it felt felt like for a little bit and maybe this is imaginary but it felt like for a tiny bit of history from like I don't know, maybe like 2015 to 2020, like when, you know, Google was trying to get in the game and Amazon was trying to get in the game. It kind of felt like the big 3 were sort of unifying a little bit, and now it just feels like that fell apart.
1: We literally talked about and I agree with you, this is this was not a fever dream at all. We literally talked about in the last year the the coming together of these Consoles with like cross platform gaming and things like that. This, there was a, a topic relevant to this about them coming together and singing kumbaya. And I think we're back to definitely over.
0: Yeah. And
2: like, the it's are crazy because, like, as a consumer now, I know obviously we're a little spoiled in that, especially I think because of our focus on gaming with the podcast and just like our hobbies in general. You know, we are too dink wad adults dual income no kids with a dog adults who work full time and so we have our smattering of consoles where we have our toes in every ecosystem right now so for us console wars are not that big of a deal but i think like if you even talked to me five years ago before i had a console from every company you know the dissolution feeling of the console wars kind of going away and everybody holding hands was kind of a shining bright light because one of the things i always remember growing up like when I only had an Xbox 360, like I didn't play The Last of Us when it came out on the PS3 because I didn't have one. And that was just, it was kind of sad. And likewise, like if I had a PlayStation, I would have missed out on the first Mass Effect. So it's just like, I don't know.
0: And it's always gone I understand
2: that console, yeah, it's just, just it feels
0: amplified now. Yeah, it it feels amplified now. It's super sad. And this just feels like the latest, the latest brick in the wall. So pour one out for E3. It's worth noting that ESA which I don't actually know what ESA stands for I thought it was European Space Agency but that's definitely not right they said they will continue to work together on future E3 events that's and I'm quoting future E3 events I don't buy that for a second (laughs) but even if you know whatever future E3 events means I'm sure it doesn't mean E3 the way that we know E3 so are you upset that E3 is going away are you are you choosing to see the 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 greener side of the grass as it seems like technic is on this at o w the lady six is my twitter handle at o w nerd bomber at o w technic our nerd bomber and technic of course and our main show account is at online warriors one that's all on twitter go check us out there have a conversation with us about the demise of e3 so we talked about death at least in in the figurative sense with e3 let's talk about rebirth let's talk about the announcement of a scott pilgrim anime series on netflix first of all have you guys ever seen scott pilgrim versus the world the 2010 yes movie this is a movie that i absolutely love yeah, i believe it was one of edgar wright's first movies or it's 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 one of his most popular i think
2: can i just say when you when you initially said that you loved this movie i was a little surprised i would not have pegged you for a scott pilgrim oh
0: hit. i love scott pilgrim i love in particular the sense of humor of the scott pilgrim movie I, i've never read the graphic novels so maybe I'm not a purist and I'm not worthy of discussing this topic, but love the movies, love Michael Sarah and, and all the cast. And this anime series that was just announced coming to Netflix, I think the most important thing about this and the most impressive thing about this is they have all like the whole cast back. I don't even know how they did this. Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Alison Pill, Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Routh jason schwartzman i mean many others literally the it seems like the entire cast from the movie which i think it's critically important and it it raises my interest level and i mean i would have been interested either way but to me
1: like the it had to be because that that movie has such a following not even the 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 comic grant the movie has such an incredible following i think it would have been just pooped on left and right had they not done this move
0: I just think it raises my interest level so much because and like yeah you're probably right about the dollar signs but like the implication of them getting the entire cast back is that this must be good. Like they must have seen something be it a script or whatever to suggest okay they want to get on this train and stay on it for as long as possible. So I'm super excited. I don't even I don't even know how much like I don't know how much more I have to say about it other than that I think it's going to be great. This is for me A very pivotal moment because i know you guys have watched a good amount of anime and like maybe 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 you are currently or you just have in the past i don't know but like i am an anime virgin so to speak i don't think i've watched really much at all so this is a this is an important this this is a crossroads potentially so
1: i really hope this actually gets you into appreciating more and more animes i mean like they're so good like the, the fact that people like avoid them just sure because they're an anime and just let leave that on the table independent of how good the stories can be is very disappointing to me. And it's a battle I've been fighting really my whole life.
0: Yeah. I don't do it. I, I don't want to minimize. I don't know if the reason I avoid them is because they're animated and I like, I don't know, think they're childish or whatever. Like I just, I don't know. I don't know why it's gone past me. Maybe I wasn't, I just simply wasn't open-minded enough for a while. And now I feel like it's too late. But again, that doesn't seem like a a reasonable opinion to have. It just...
2: It's never too late.
0: It does seem like it's never too late.
1: I'm just incredibly interested in what exact type of art style they're going to go with this. I think it has to be...
0: What the graphic novels are is what I would immediately think. Because I I think it's pretty distinctive.
2: I feel like if they don't go with the art style of the graphic novels, it's a miss.
0: I mean, I, I don't know how to characterize it, especially like in audio form. Big eyes that's the that's but that's like isn't that also kind of true of like a lot of anime again i don't want to like minimize the form but like isn't big eyes kind of like part of it
1: i I think it has to be the same art style and honestly i would i would compare this to some of like the cartoon network shows that we see in today's day and age
0: i could definitely see that and i
1: think i think it would work but even this art style like i wouldn't i wouldn't classify it as like you know traditional anime what you what comes to mind and obviously the main trope is and i hate to be the guy that always says this but the main trope that everyone always goes to is like dragon ball z that but i mean there's so many different art styles that like
0: it could be anything it could be whatever you want it just has to be
1: unique to the story
0: the other thing i'm definitely curious about is you know this is a series i don't know if it, I don't know if it's a mini series i don't know how many episodes whatever but that essentially guarantees that it's going to be longer than the movie in a longer form in the movie what like having not read the graphic novels i don't know what content gets added so i'm curious if the rest of the content we're going to get is going to hold up with with what i currently know and love Uh, i'm not necessarily apprehensive about it like i'm i'm very trusting especially of edgar wright but curious is, is i guess what i'll what i'll say that i am so i don't know that we know when this is happening it doesn't say it may be out there on the internet. and I just haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's in development and they've gotten the whole cast. So super, super excited about that, especially considering like, again, it's just amazing how big some of these people have gotten. Chris Evans, obviously huge. And he was, he was kind of big back then in, in 2010, but he's bigger now. I would think Kieran Culkin, I feel like has gotten bigger. Brie Larson's gotten bigger. Aubrey Plaza has gotten bigger. I mean, there's, there's some real heavy hitters here. So very, very excited for that to come out um when we come back we're gonna take a short break now first of all when we come back we're gonna talk about Blue Beetle but before we take our break and before we talk about Blue Beetle it's that time again where I talk about someone who's not Blue Beetle actually maybe he is Blue Beetle I guess we wouldn't know right Stephen Keller our fantastic Patreon producer Mr. Stephen Keller who may or may not be Blue Beetle I don't know. Uh, Stephen, let us know, I guess. Steven supports us at the highest of our three levels on our Patreon. That is, again, the knight level, the producer level. He gets access to the secret segment and vlog course, but also he gets this shout out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment, and he also gets the occasional guest spot on the show. You want to be a knight. You want to be like Stephen. You maybe want to be Blue Beetle again, or some superhero. I could totally see Steven being a superhero that's the point I'm trying to make there is also a squire level which maybe you can consider to be the sidekick level and that gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there is a page level which I don't know what would you what would you say in the superhero realm there's superhero sidekick and I don't know I don't know what the third third person would be in any case they would get access the pet sure
2: they're super pets sometimes
1: we could go with that no this is this would be an alfred level where like you don't realize that they're like the main superhero of the story but like like alfred's a badass just as much as anyone else
0: yeah or like or like jarvis you know keeping it in like the, the butler realm you get access to the, the secret segment so that's also pretty cool these are all
2: now i low-key want to change our tiers
0: uh yeah we could well oh. <laughs> we, we, we could talk about that but in any sense these are all tiers available to you on our patreon that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast head over there get the details look at it before it maybe changes from night theme to superhero theme <laughs> and uh yeah thanks again to steven for continuing to support the show and you want to be like steven and you want to help us keep this thing rolling along so again that's Patreon. Logo stays the
1: same we'll just be online nights and then we'll have it the dark knight the robin
2: i feel like we'd get like yeah
0: we'd get we'd get dinged by dc for that for sure but again patreon.com online warriors podcast thanks again to steven we'll be right back to talk about blue beetle do you love marvel but are tired of hearing cheeto stained white guys talk about it are
1: you hoping to see the x-men and avengers face off do you secretly want to
2: be jessica jones or daisy johnson or do you want to be with valkyrie if so you've found your new favorite podcast we're your hosts madam chris
1: and madam amy and we are here to give you the commentary you want marvel
2: minus the mansplaining find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at themarvelousmadams.com madams assemble
0: Okay, so, Blue Beetle. This is a DC character. This is a movie that is coming out, scheduled for release August 18th, 2023. As of this recording, we are getting the first trailer for this movie tomorrow. So, we've gotten the, what I'm going to call the pre-trailer sizzle. And, and this so this was a sizzle, the steak itself comes tomorrow. But the sizzle provides enough of a, of a brief glimpse at what seems to be, and technically you can correct me if I'm wrong, is the idea here that he is an unwilling superhero, because that's kind of what they're making it seem like.
1: He is a Spider-Man-esque superhero, which I think is the right choice. This is the first Blue Beetle installment where he's like a teenager, and the, the other two pre like before this blue beetle rendition this one is is jamie reyes and before jamie there were two other Beatles that were kind of older more adolescent blue beetles and i think this is the right choice this is this is like a fantastic contender for a light fun action-packed dc superhero movie
2: does uh, does he know karate?
1: No, but I know why you're asking this.
2: Yeah, I had to ask because the main character, Blue Beetle, is being played by one of the main characters in Cobra Kai. Which I think is good casting. I liked him in Cobra Kai.
1: Never seen Cobra Kai. It's fantastic. You should check it out. But yeah, he's so he he's who who plays Jamie Reyes. And if you don't know anything about Blue Beetle, basically, there is like a sacred scarab, scarab, scarb, scarab. You got it, yeah. Sacred beetle that latches on to its host, and it's it's supposed to be like parasitic in nature, where it takes it over and then uses that host to like do its bidding and take over the planet. But like this beetle is broken. And so it's more of like a like a venom Eddie Brock situation where it works with its
0: host and they're like buds. Yeah, the word I'm seeing to... is grafts. It grafts onto him, forming a powerful exoskeleton. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that's why I'm saying sort of a venom symbiote situation where they become one and they work together to to do good. So yeah, it, it gives them you know like the ability to fight crime, fly, go up into space, have armor those kind of fun things that any teenage boy would want but
0: doesn't he not want it or am i imagining that
1: i mean any teenager i would be intimidated by such abilities right
0: true but it would also be super fun i would think
1: but ultimately you know this this is again this is a, a spider-man-esque story arc where you know young kids given great responsibility and and ultimately steps up to the plate. The Blue Beetle even goes on to be part of the Teen Titans. And and ultimately into the Justice League. And does this fantastic thing. Blue Beetle is a badass character. And like I said, to, for DC to now have a contender to compete with shows like the Spider-Man. Obviously nothing can compete with the Spider-Man. It's just like a titan of of intellectual property but for dc to then go along with the you know the introduction of a new hero where it's light and fun because they've already kind of destroyed shazam i hate to say it already but did you guys see the new shazam there's nothing but like bad
0: reviews sure
2: yeah it's probably going to be something that we wait until it hits hbo max
0: true i guess let me ask the devil's advocate question well let me first note that george lopez is in this which i'm sorry george but i forgot you existed welcome back did you forget well he's welcome like burned
1: back. into my skull every morning at like 2 a.m
0: yeah he's of course referring to the george he's a, show. he's a mortal he's a mortal i don't think that's really true but uh he's back now he's he's still kicking let me ask a devil's advocate kind of question which is in the current day and so it's kind of a teaser for my secret segment or my patreon exclusive vlog, i wish they month. did
1: this years ago
0: well right so well, i think comic books as a movie genre are approaching a, a, a grisly death how does this counteract that inertia and be interesting because you know granted we've only seen like 20 seconds of it but i was not that interested i'm just i'm just gonna be honest
1: i really do feel for i'm gonna butcher his name but zolo manduia that's the actor who plays... I, I do feel for him because the timing of this kind of really sucks. Like, Cobra Kai really took off his career. And this was his chance to kind of be on a great big platform with DC superhero money. But, like, yeah, you're right. The the superhero exhaustion is real. And I really hope it doesn't take away from this. And this can just be, like, a standalone fun ride that does really well. Yeah, I think...
2: Well, I, also, to your point, I wonder, like, what kind of exclusivity contracts that, you know, when... Some of these actors sign on to superhero roles. I know sometimes their schedule is basically blocked out just in case they have to do a sequel or some kind of crossover movie. And I wonder if slash how that sort of thing is implemented, how it will impact his young career.
0: It's a Sholo Mariduania. Uh I just did some Wikipedia, I, th- I think is the pronunciation of his of his name. But yeah, this, this is a Black Widow situation, I feel like. Uh, I guess kind of different than that, but like this is too late. I think I think he's getting short shrift. I think the character is getting short shrift. Like it's it's not it's not the right situation for this movie to be in to to see success, especially you know again we just were talking about Shazam too. Not that it's directly following that, but this section of Hollywood is. I don't know if it's overstating it to say it's in a state of crisis right now. So I don't know for sure that this is what's going to save it, save that. But you know, like I said, as fun. long as
1: they keep this as a standalone fun ride, it'll do it'll do well, and he'll his career should remain in the great trajectory that's going. He's doing fantastic for himself, but it just gets me no, so nervous for him. I just I want him to do well. I loved him in Cobra Kai, and I want him to keep riding that wave.
0: What is it going to take for? warner brothers and disney and these big studios to say all right we're gonna take five years off to let the, let the public cleanse their respective palettes. what would it take will i don't ever know happen? if they
2: will i don't think it'll happen
0: fair enough i think you're probably right i just think if you were to put the entire comic book thing in the deep freeze for five years and then i saw this movie like a trailer for this movie i would be probably at least three times more excited than i am right now i don't know food for thought blue beetle august 18th 2023 uh, and again, uh, George, uh, Susan Sarandon is also in this. That's like, seems like a big deal.
2: I mean, superhero movies are not lacking big names.
0: No, certainly I mean, not.
2: They're getting dar actors. I mean, obviously, there's some newer actors filling in young roles, but they're getting some big names. So that's not really the reason why they're failing. I think it's just. You know, like you said, superhero fatigue. And I think it's just a cyclical nature. I mean, not that it's directly comparable, but look at Tom Cruise. He never really stopped putting out movies, but there were definitely there was a period of time where some of his movies were just kind of like clonkers, like they weren't yeah. anything special. And yet he gave it enough time and Top Gun 2 rolled around. I know it's Top Gun Maverick, but the Top Gun sequel rolled around and now he was back on top. So maybe that's just the way of things.
0: It's possible. I don't, I don't want to write off the genre entirely. I just, if they don't reduce their frequency, it's just going to keep going the way that it's going. That, that, that's my opinion. Again, there's a vlog about this. Head over to our Patreon if you want to, if you want to subscribe and see it <laughs> where I talk about why I think the interest, this section of the industry is dying, but hopefully Blue Beetle can, can buck that trend and, you know, get things back in the black and, and keep this party rolling let's talk about what we've been up to it's time for anyone want to do it anyone want to do the song
1: what are you up to wednesday
0: oh you guys you guys did a collaboration okay i like it who should go first uh nerd bomber go first take it take us away
2: all right so i think i said last week i started playing hi-fi rush and i finished it it's not a very long game it's about like a 10 hour game and you know over the span of two weeks i've just been kind of chipping away at it it ended up being a really good game i kind of wish there were more of this style games like Obviously, at its heart, it's like a hack and slash game. But it, I mean, everything is in rhythm to music. You have to be on rhythm to get the best combos and scores and rankings because how, how they've kind of broken down the game is there's chapters or tracks as if it was on like an, a music album because it's a very musically based game.
1: Yeah, that tracks.
2: And thank you. Each like Classic. level or track ranges from about half an hour to an hour. And even within that, every little battle that you encounter within that track, you get like a grade. And then at the end, you get a grade for that track. But everything's to music and, you know, how on beat you are kind of drives up that grade and your score. And it was just very unique. I think the writing and the characters were very irreverent and funny. They definitely took like a a shot at being kind of cynical about corporations, which I've is pretty funny lately. And everything was just like the animation and art style was very in tune with, you know, the art style that I kind of know and love. And it was just a really good game. It had a pretty good story. It didn't take itself too seriously. It didn't overstay its welcome. I wish there were more games like Hi-Fi Rush. And especially because it was kind of like shadow dropped, like it was announced and then released on the same day that it was announced. Just good stuff and a lot of little like easter egg stuff if you've played any of other any other like tango gameworks games i know this is kind of off brand and off genre for them because they're mostly responsible for like the evil within and like that kind of type of game and there were definitely little easter eggs throughout hi-fi rush calling back to that which i thought was pretty neat and clever as well so overall like definitely want to put this one on you're kind of like watch list if you're waiting for sale. I would say it's not a full price game and it's on Game Pass, so I wouldn't even like necessarily wait for a sale. I thought it was a really good time and I found it was very refreshing for me, kind of just a step away from the usual genres that I play. And I really enjoyed it. Shadow drops are
0: amazing. I just, I, I you mentioned that this was Shadow Drop, and I don't remember we just talking about on the show. I want more Shadow Drops and I don't know how likely that is, but like, I just, those always excite me. Even if the game isn't necessarily the game I like, it's just like, I think it's I want to understand what's better for the publisher doing shadow drops or releasing trailers and stuff. It probably depends on what the game is. But
2: yeah, I think it is very dependent because like this is obviously a smaller game. And so I think if I got beaten over the head with this game for like two years, maybe my expectations would have been different going in. Like maybe I would have expected something different. Yeah. And maybe not have liked it as much, but because it was kind of a surprise to me, like I had, I didn't even really know what to expect. I didn't really even look anything up. Like I'd read a few reviews saying like, oh, this is generally pretty good. But like I wasn't watching videos or trailers. I didn't know what to expect from the combat. So it felt like, Everything was just new and exciting and kind of got revealed to me as I went. And it was super cool. But I imagine like a game that thrives on pre-orders and skins and stuff probably can't do that.
0: Right. With Shadow Drops, you just raise the chances of surprising people and allowing them self-discovery, which I I just I think that's really great. But yeah, like you can't Shadow Drop like Halo. You you can't do that. Exactly.
2: And the other thing that we did that I wanted to talk about was we watched Tetris. So... That dropped on Apple TV Plus this weekend. And I think we talked about it a few weeks ago when the trailer came out. But essentially, it's the story behind, you know, the licensing and initial distribution of the game Tetris, which was invented by somebody who lived in Russia. And in Russia, because of, you know, the political climate of that country at the time, you know, it wasn't it didn't really leave Russia for a while. And it was all kind of distributed for free on floppy disks. And it wasn't until someone from the West discovered the game that it really became like a monetized game that was sold worldwide. And it was a very interesting story. I do... Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but one of the things that I do have to note is that some of the the scenes in the movie that were definitely there for dramatic effect that were fun in the movie probably didn't happen in real life based on some of the things that I read, but I don't think it detracted from the movie at all. I thought it was overall kept me very interested and invested, and I think it told enough of the true story, even though there were some fictionalized bits thrown in that were still very interesting and kind of blow your mind when you think about all of the hoops and hurdles in terms of contracts and licensing that had to kind of get
1: i think i think it's worth telling the main difference between what we saw in the movie and in real life
2: there is like a car chasing that just does not happen in real life.
1: It was all in boardrooms. Oof.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it made the movie feel fun. It gave it a little bit higher stakes. And, you know, with any kind of like historical biopic sort of deal, it kind of assumed that they take some creative license with that. Plus, the two... The tomb- main guys, like the creator of Tetris and his business partner, who were two of the main characters in the movie, those guys in real life like were executive producers. so obviously they had to like sign on it yeah of those yeah, but it was still overall very interesting, very different than I expected it to be. There was a lot like I said of like political boardroom contractual stuff going on. I would say it kind of felt almost like the big short for a video game and I'm interested to see what else happens in this genre. Especially, like, taking a look at the history of video games now that this movie kind of paved the way.
1: Also, like, when you watch this, it's wild, all the stuff that you learn about Microsoft And, like, like, oh, man. Corporations are wild.
0: <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean...
2: Well, a lot of the, like, contracts and licensing and just behind the scenes lobbying and stuff like that is kind of crazy especially like i'm assuming the three of us none of us have ever been involved in those sort of negotiations and it is pretty crazy
0: i have not uh the big short for video games is a very strong sell so i'll have to check this out
2: yeah it was quite good those are my two big things that i did this weekend and week so
0: cool i'm gonna mix it up i'm gonna go next i think like i usually let you guys go next to each other but i'm gonna go next and i'm gonna talk about a thing i have been doing that you already heard and just talk more about how great it is which is returnal as of this recording i think i've put in around eight hours and i'm about according to my playstation like 21 percent of the way through the game there are I, I think five biomes in the game total and i think i've i visited two of them I don't I don't know if it's like a linear progression necessarily but I want to talk specifically about how easy and fun it is the game itself is challenging but it's easy to lose time playing it because of the grind and how how fun the grind is and I think a big focus like a a big reason for that is what the game calls the adrenaline system which is essentially so it's a third person shooter you're you're traversing an environment and you're you're killing enemies you're shooting enemies um, that are shooting at you and adrenaline basically the longer you go without taking any damage every time you get three kills without taking damage your adrenaline level rises and you get a buff of some kind you know your your weapon overheat percentage goes down or you have an enhanced vision where you can see enemies from further away see them from behind walls uh, your weapon proficiency rate goes up things like that and it goes all the way up to five so if you can kill 15 enemies without taking damage you essentially feel like a superhero and i just like on a neurological level i want to understand why that's so addictive to me but it really really is like I, I think it just shapes the game so much more than if you're running around like you're not you're obviously going to try to avoid taking damage but it raises the stakes on any little interaction with even even like something that's just a bullet sponge easy thing to kill you're going to care so much more about your interaction with that because you don't want to take any damage because you want your adrenaline to go up and i just think that makes the grind super super satisfying so i'm really enjoying that game i wanted to shout it out again because i'm going to be playing it for until the end of time at this rate and uh it's great the other thing i wanted to mention though is something i haven't mentioned before because i haven't played it until this past week it's a board game i've mentioned board games every so often on this show i do that Uh, i have a, a group of people i get together and play with every now and then and i played a really cool game called rolling realms which as you can imagine, based on the title, it's, it's dice based, but it's, there's a couple of things I want to highlight about it. One, it has a solo mode and every game that I tend to buy has a solo mode because my wife isn't super into board games. So, you know, other than just like pride of ownership, I think it makes more sense for the games I own to be solo board games, but it also was a game that was developed in 2020 during the pandemic. So it's, actually originally what they call a roll and write meaning you can actually i think it was really called a print and play which means you can just get two dice print out some stuff and play it it's since been released in actual board game form where they have like dry erase cards and stuff that's reusable but you know it's designed to be played over video conference it's designed to be played remotely and i think that's really cool and you know nothing is lost when you play it in person with you know four people as i did uh the other thing that's great about it is games like this and, and kind of games that are in that tier of board games that are beyond like Monopoly and what have you tend to be expensive and this is currently on Amazon for $20 which is a very low price point for these sorts of games so definitely recommend checking that out I haven't bought it myself yet but I definitely plan to and uh yeah really great game uh so that leaves Tactic Tactic what have you been up to
1: Hello so the couple of things that I've been up to is I am st- I am still playing Zelda Oracle of Ages and i'm just about at the last boss it's been a fun ride but i'll i'll let you know when that goes just puzzle funness 2d side scroll great time still 10 out of 10 recommend the other thing that i want to talk about is we've been binging through ted lasso also a fantastic ride there's i mean what's 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 not to say about good old ted it's what you get from the last two seasons he is just enjoyable, feel good fun. There is obviously there's some drama, some tur- turmoil, but at, at the end of the day everyone is just like their truest best self on the show and you got to love it. And then the last thing is we've also been binging Love is Blind. And gosh, what what a just a fun compilation of garbage television. And I and I say that endearingly. I'm I know I crap on reality TV shows guys, but this show's got something special, and it gets me hooked season after season. It's, it's so, so watchable. watchable. It's just so Like, it's like so I could watchable. not get behind so the circle that I just found annoying. But this, this is this has got me. This season has, like, Mean Girls in it, which, like, if you've seen Mean Girls, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're terrible people, and you just, you gotta watch them. It makes you feel better about yourself. So if, you, if you're, if you feel like hating on people this show is ready for the pickin'.
0: for what it's worth don't listen to him the circle is also great but i will say i think love is blind is 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 better and maybe the best original reality program that netflix has put out so strong have concur. you been
2: keeping up with it illegal
0: and, and as much as i just said that i haven't actually i'll probably binge it all like a weekend at some point soon so i have cop- popped in and out so i know who some of the characters are the
2: final episodes aren't out yet so we don't know what couples are together but i'm going to throw out an illegal since you don't really know everybody but like you have a decent sense i just want to get a feel for who you guys think will actually make it past the altar first of all kwame and chelsea go
0: uh this is the skinny blonde chick i think they'll both say yes but they're not gonna make it beyond that not a chance yeah
2: i say no I yeah, think not, he's not too chance. hung up on Micah.
1: Nope. They're going to both say yes, but then get divorced promptly thereafter.
2: And that's going to lead us into Micah and Paul. And Micah is one no. of the mean girls.
0: No, they're... doesn't she think that he's ugly? Didn't no, she, like, she thinks that? She, he is fine.
2: But that may what that may have changed right after her best friend in the pods tried to go after him. Unclear.
0: I'm going to say no to all of them except for the the really hot black guy. What's his name? Brett, the hottest guy. Brett.
2: Yeah, Probably. Brett and Tiffany.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they're they're going to make it. They're like, hundred they, if if (laughs) something, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to make it for sure. I think everyone else is toast. I think that's fair. Nope. I'm thinking, I think Kwame
1: and Brett are the two that are going to get married.
2: I see. So Kwame's spot kind of got blown up a little bit. There's another show called Married at First Sight. And apparently, and this was going on, going around on TikTok. Apparently that man was also on Married at First Sight and did not make the cut but he is like seen in the background and like the group of initial guys who don't make the cut.
0: Well, he makes the cut guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm again, I'm sure I'll catch up fully on it at some point, but it's uh, it's great television. The thing that love is blind does that I place so much value in is two characters. Well, I shouldn't call them characters. These are real people, but they'll have an interaction where someone will get slighted or someone's feelings will get hurt. And I don't know who was putting the music together for that show but they find
2: oh, it is somehow, it is the most like specific music in the world.
0: Yeah, it's like imagine a like a song that's playing at a club, like a club anthem, but it's also a pop ballad at the same time about how your heart no no, broken no no and you're it's not even like rain. that.
1: It's like a club ballad, and the scene that just happened is someone got like their chocolate chip cookie taken away,
0: and then it's like
1: I just got my cookie yeah, taken yes. away.
0: Yeah, you think that's like yeah, people listening. And who have watched the show? You think he's exaggerating? He's not. Like that's exact that is exactly what it is. It's, it's it's like someone like someone says like I don't love you and the music's like i don't love you and you're like wow did they write this music for the show it's, it's amazing yeah you, you should you should all if you haven't go well if you haven't watched one season go watch like one season it'll take you like a day just throw a whole day away <laughs> who cares watch this show and you'll probably understand at least you'll at least understand more honestly about, it's, it's if really you're amazing. sick
2: or like snowed in those are the instances where i find myself like i start to watch these shows and then it's, i'm done for
0: I be- if i remember correctly and we can go the, t- the table tell the truth on this i believe my wife and i watched it first and i was like you guys need to watch this either that or we were both watching the first season independently and like it was one of those things where i think we both well i felt guilty about admitting that i was watching I it first and you then was we like recommended oh yeah it, it's crazy and then i was
2: like no that's trash and then one day i was homesick which it is and tactic yeah. wasn't home at the time but it was like i It was like sleeping all day. And I woke up around like three and I was like, okay, well, I need to watch something. It can't be something he would want to watch with me. So I like throw it on. And then I get engrossed. And then he comes home from work and he's like, are you watching this trash? And so then what is this garbage? He Move sits over. down and immediately gets engrossed. And that was like the rest of our day. This story.
0: <laughs> yeah, this story actually checks out because one of the things I vividly remember is season one came out and my wife and I were watching. And then like, yeah, I sounds like I told you about it. And like what I remember is like being at work on like a Tuesday or something and at like 10 a.m. getting a message from Nerd Bomber just no context at all being like and this isn't a spoiler this show's been out forever just being like dude carlton is such a piece of shit (laughs) which he was (laughs) and yeah i guess it's kind of like it's a great show that's the point you should all go watch it and now this is that's another thing by the way they shadow dropped the latest season of love is blind there was no announcement it was just here you go it's out and we were all like yes please so yeah it's a great show okay well if that rounds out our what are we up to's then i think it's time for a quiz
1: what a perfect segue the quiz topic this week is Jellyfish, which has nothing to do with jellyfish. Love is Blind. And before we roll into the quiz, Iliga, why don't you give us what the standings are?
0: Yeah, I know why you said that because you're in first. Technic is four and three. Nerd Bomber is three and four. I am three and five. Steven, one and all. Congrats to Steven. Undefeated record on the year. I have a chance to tie things up, right? No, I have a chance to pass Nerd Bomber. You That's know,
2: I don't want to jinx myself. So here I am knocking on wood, but I have yet to lose like i've never won i've yet to win i don't think i can't remember if i won last year i don't think i did i've not i have not, I not, have not won I but i have not did. lost and that is really the key for me
0: really cruising on the
1: mediocrity
0: train
2: hey i'm good with yes. that <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe this year is is a it's your year to to do one or the other so but right now it's you're exactly in the middle so with so. that
1: let's roll right into the quiz with the first question how big is the largest jellyfish?
2: Are we talking like weight or like metric? diameter? Yeah. Or feet. Is it like diameter? The,
1: in this the is feet? From, this is from top dome to tippy the tentacles.
2: Tippy of the tentacles. Oh, so
0: it's like it's it's like it's like height. Okay.
2: Who goes first?
0: You, because you have a better record. I get an advantage.
2: Okay. I feel like there are some big old jellies, and I feel like there's probably a people-sized one out there. So, how? What units did you say you wanted this in? Feet. 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 You know, I'm going to go like NBA player. I'm going to go like eight feet tall.
0: It's got to be more than that. I'm going to go nine. I'm going to use my plus one right away and go nine feet. i can count eight feet one inch. All right. That's an excellent use of the plus
1: one. It was really, really close. So really good job there. The lion's mane jellyfish is the largest among the jellyfish species with a known specimen stretching across 120 feet from its <laughs> top of its
0: head to its bottom of its tentacles. <laughs> really close. Really, really good really use close. of the plus one. I think it's a fine use of the plus one. I get it out of the way early, and I'm on the board in the positive column. So I, no shame. No shame here.
1: The next question is, what is the oldest known record
0: of a jellyfish? So we're going back to Jesus times. Or I mean, we're pre-Jesus times. When did they first learn to write? In years, years ago
1: here? is... Blank years yeah. ago. Give me a date. Just say this many years ago was when it was dated to.
0: It's like ten thousand. Ten thousand.
2: I feel like it was more. Years like ago. I feel like jellyfish. Like I'm thinking ocean species, and they're pretty old. Uh, I'm gonna say fifty thousand years.
0: No, it's like cave paintings, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like a, there's a painting
1: in a cave. Jesus somewhere. ain't got nothing on these times. The oldest known. Well, first and foremost, jellyfish, because they're soft-bodied and very watery, they're super, super rare. But of the ones that do exist, the oldest known jellyfish fossil found in Utah was dated to 505 million
0: years ago
2: yeah that's what i thought i didn't want to go in the millions because okay. that I, I didn't but
0: i didn't think it was fossils i thought it was like what's the earliest known recording of like the existence of a jellyfish so i misunderstood the question but i accept the I accept the loss
2: i mean technically a fossil is a recording it's just mother yeah. nature's recording
0: okay S- semantics all right okay
1: well one to one okay so a show that's very centered around jellyfish is Spongebob Squarepants.
2: I knew it. I knew it.
1: What percentage now we're talking. Now of we're talking. the 277 episodes released featured jellyfish?
0: Like in any capacity? Like we're talking mentions? So like if there's five mentions
1: in one episode, that's still just one episode. Right, so but like how- is, is he we're talking right, about like mentions?
2: It- Can it be like a picture of a jellyfish? Like what are we talking about here?
1: This includes mentions.
0: Okay.
2: I'm going to say, goodness, 40%. Because I feel like they don't outright mention it.
0: It's got to be higher. It's got to be higher than that. 60%. So
1: this was a very strong guess by Nerd Bomber. If you used your plus one and a half, you would have nailed it. It was 41.5%. Wow. That's
0: crap. So I'm screwed yeah,
2: now. I still got my plus one in the bank. So is going first really an advantage for I mean,
0: me? I think it still is. I think it still is. Because you still get a last up. And last ups always have you want, more. You went first yeah, for fair. always more that's important. Fair. You went first last yeah. week and I won.
1: Look, we get it. I suck. What do you want from me? Okay. So the next question is no jellyfish actually generate electricity of any of the species. None of them. Common misconception. But they sting. They do sting. Of the 4,000 species of jellyfish, how many actually carry enough poison to kill? To kill what?
0: Humans? Yeah. Uh, zero. This is a trick question.
2: One. Yeah,
0: that's reasonable. Yeah,
1: the zero knowing that the plus one was not a good strategic guess.
0: Well, no, I think it was actually, yeah. because it could have been a trick question. And it, plus one, I'm never going to get it exactly right. Out of 4,000, I might as well just swing for the fences. Most, Anyways, of, the was 4, 000, <laughs> was most of the
1: 4,000 species of jellyfish cause only pain and discomfort when they sting humans. However, the subsect box jellyfish, which is 50 species that inhabit tropical areas, have enough poison to be fatal. And fun fact about the way they sting is they have these, like, micro harpoons that they can shoot at you at 60 kilometers
2: per hour. That's
1: pretty crazy. I thought that was crazy. Jellyfish are wild.
0: 50 is pretty close to zero, so I'm not that upset. But yeah, congratulations, Nerbomber. Thank you, thank you. All right, well,
1: we got one more question still, and that is, what percentage of a jellyfish is water?
0: Oh, and Nirbauer's first.
2: It's probably, like, 95%. Yeah,
0: I mean, I can't do plus one again, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say 98 it's like almost everything.
1: So nerd bombers just mean
0: she nailed it on the head.
2: Wow, <laughs>
0: that is really, that is really mean. But yeah, ninety five percent. Why are you being like that?
2: What I ever do to you? Sorry, I'm not sorry. Who are okay, we? Okay, so you
0: definitely won. Yeah, you, you, you definitely won. Uh, next week I'll be facing off with Tectic. Even if I beat him, I won't move in the in the standings. So, and then one other fun
1: fact about jellyfish: there was actually a species of jellyfish that sort of reversed evolved into a parasitic entity that can not only infect water-dwelling creatures, but has been found on
0: land-dwelling creatures in their brains, including mammals. So terrifying, jellyfish! Sounds like some Last of Us stuff. Cool. Be careful with jellyfish. Uh, I'll remember that on my on my vacation. Again, I won't be here next week, so you're gonna have to deal with some heavy necking. Or light necking. I don't know if you guys can do heavy necking every time. I don't know if you have that kind of stamina or if it's just going to be light necking next week or no necking. Have you guys decided at all or are you just going to wing it?
2: Oh, we're just going to wing it like we always do.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, you the listeners all have that to look forward to. You can head over to patreon.com if you are interested in supporting the show. You can look us up on an Apple podcast. Leave us a review there. And you can hit us up on Twitter at online warriors. One is our main show handle host accounts mentioned previously in the episode. Go have a conversation with us. Let us know if you're sad about E3 dying or if you think it might be a good thing, question mark. Talk to us about Blue Beetle. Talk to us about Scott Pilgrim. Talk to us about anything at all. Talk to us about whether you're an overpacker or an underpacker, or if you pack last minute, or if you pack like a week in advance. Talk to us about anything. That's the point I'm trying to make. And uh, have a great week. And until next week, stay safe and keep on podcasting.